This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. Today's podcast is titled Ladies Only. This is for ladies only. I'm not going to be talking about men in this particular podcast. It is hard for me not to compare men and women as I go through the podcast, but I want to exclusively point through the Bible this thread of the women through the Bible. And of course, it's not comprehensive. I'm just going to look at some of the highlights, some of the main scriptures uh, concerning women. Now, I want to, as I get started, to tell you that I think that women are equal to men, and I'm going to prove that actually in the Old Testament. Uh, There's no point where I say women are not intelligent, not uh, created by God for a purpose, can do almost anything a man can do. But the position is the main thing. The purpose, the responsibility that God has given us as different people, different male and female, and it's God's way. So I'm a man. I'm going to be talking about it. Um, A mature Christian woman could be uh, maybe somebody to bring this across a little better than me. I've looked at a few. I've I've done some research on it. There are a few ladies out there that uh, speak almost exactly what I'm going to be talking about. So uh, that gave me a little bit of encouragement. But I try and hear from God. I do my very best to seek Him, to hear what He's saying, and then to teach on what He is teaching me. I wanted to avoid the subject for quite a while, uh, but the Lord has uh, placed me in in a position where He wants me to do it. So here I go. Our nation, and honestly, the whole Western world is in a state of crisis. And it is because we are not following God as communities, as nations, as people groups. We have to follow God. That is a simple choice that each person has, not only individually, but as a nation. We have to decide, are we going to follow God and His ways or not? Now, God has set up His ways in the Bible very clearly. Uh, We can understand them. We can read them. But the point is, are we going to follow them? Now, on the opposite side of that, we have the devil, and he is working hard through media, through people, to usurp God's authority and to turn us away from God's ways. In so doing, we come under God's judgment. God has a kingdom. He has certain ways, rules, commandments, and we are to live by faith. We are to understand what God is saying, hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us, to our hearts, and I'm talking to born-again Christians, and then we do what the Holy Spirit is saying. That is living by faith. Believe Him, no matter what the situation This is strategic. He is who he says he is, and we can trust him. And we trust him by being obedient to him, even in suffering, even to the point of death. We individually have to answer the Holy Spirit every day as we go about our business. Revelations 2.10 says, Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. You see, God 
becoming a man and dying this horrific death is no small price. In fact, I can confidently say it is the most expensive gift given to mankind. I believe in the universe and in eternity there will never be another. He is seriously looking for those who truly believe in him and obey his word. I'm now going to go back to the Old Testament so that we can understand some of the things that God tells us in the New Testament, which I believe is most important for us. But the beginning is also important. Genesis 2-7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So the English word man is translated from the Hebrew word ha-adam. And that Hebrew word simply means ground or earth or maybe dirt. So we might be able to say it this way. God formed the dirt, then breathed into it, creating a spirit being living in a body and having a soul. This person was placed in the Garden of Eden and ate from the tree fruit. He was made in God's image. And when I say he, at this point, he is always called ha-adam, which means dirt. So the dirt was made in God's image. God breathed into him life, into this clay of a man, and the spirit. Uh, became he became a spirit being in the highest order of all living beings on earth it's my understanding at this point <clears throat> he really didn't have a sex he is now ha adam the very image of god in the flesh so god saw adam in the garden of eden and was fellowshipping with him and he brought all the animals before adam and no one suitable Even with God's fellowship, no one was sufficient for man to have company. So God made a helper, Azer, and an equal to Adam, Konegdu. So in the Hebrew, Azar, Konegdu. So God took Adam and he split Adam and made Adam and Eve. Two points here. Azer was helper. This is a very important word because God uses this word, Azer, many times. I think it's about 12 times in the Old Testament describing himself. He is the helper, the Azer of Israel, of God's people. So in this particular case, the woman is going to be just like God, a helper to Adam. And the next word, konegdu, That is a word meaning equal to Adam. So there is no unequalness. There's no uh, servant-slave-master relationship in the creation. Genesis 2, 21 through 24. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. That's the English word, but the Hebrew word simply means side. So he took one of the man's side, took from the man's side, and then closed it up with flesh. Then the Lord God made the woman 
from the side he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Verse 22 is the first time that we see man and woman. The sexes are created at that point. Now, God has created two man and woman, two different sexes. It is very interesting that God split his creation into two parts. Ha-Hadam had everything in him. Now Adam and Eve are created, and God gives them this marriage bond, and then they become one flesh when they're married. So he puts them back together again in two people. Now let's go to the sinful decision of Eve, uh, and of course Adam, but we're talking about women only here. You know the scoop. Before God created Eve, God tells Adam to eat from any tree in the garden, and that includes probably 30, 40, I don't know how many tree fruits, and the tree of life. But God though giving Adam a choice, made his desire very clear by commanding Adam not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. So obeying this commandment was a decision for the type of life that they would live forever. They would either live in innocence, eating from the tree of life, or they would rebel against God, eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, become mortal, and perish. Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Let's read it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. So, somehow Eve knew God said that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was off limits, but she took the bait. Same stuff the devil is using on us today. Lust of the flesh, it was good for food. Lust of the eyes, pleasing to the eye. And the pride of life, she wanted to gain wisdom so that she could decide her own fate and rejected God's commands. 1 John 2.16 tells us, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. When God confronts Eve, Eve points first to the serpent. She confesses her sin after that. Genesis 3.16, the Lord God said to the woman, 
What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. You know, that makes me think about when I confess my sins. Do I blame other things because I have sinned? You bet I do. But God is showing me that I am simply to come to him and say, Lord, I did it. No matter what influence I might have, I did it. And I think that's very important that we just confess our sins up front. I think it's cleansing when we do that. And 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all iniquity. Back to Eve. God tells her what the new circumstances will be because of her decision. I will make your pains in childbirth more severe. With painful labor, you will bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Childbearing is obvious. We know that childbearing is painful. But the next section is harder to understand, and I've really looked at this, actually, for a couple of days, back and forth, trying to understand it. There's two ways of looking at it. Let me read it. It says, Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. There are two ways that this is interpreted. One says that the woman will desire to have and please her husband, and he will be master over her. The other interpretation is that women will desire to rule over their husbands, but the husband will rule over the wife. The latter fits the context of the words, and I think it is the most accurate Uh, This is not some kind of lording over. This is, remember, God is loving and everything he does is good. This is more of a barrier between Satan and the woman. Remember, everything that God does, he does to promote what is good for us. The world has taken this and hammered it, flipped it upside down, turned it into an evil thing. It's a disaster now. We can't see a a loving husband taking care of a wife. I see so many examples. It just blows me away. There, There has to be some sort of understanding that this is a good thing. And I'm not talking about men lording it over a woman. I'm talking about providing, loving, protecting, giving their life just as Christ gave his life for the church the man would give for his wife. And we'll read that later in the New Testament. In God's eyes, men and women are equal, equal in importance, but they have different responsibilities, different purposes, gifts, and talents. I believe that uh, women are just as intelligent, of course, just as important, that they can do almost anything a man can do. A man is physically, most most of the time, uh, a little bit stronger, and overall the majority of men are stronger. But we have different ways of thinking, and when we come together, we become stronger. And the reason that God uses that is so that we can fight against the enemy, the two in unity, obeying God, are no match for anything in the world. Satan can't enter in. But as soon as we 
uh, have openings in our armor as a man and a woman in unity and create disunity, then the enemy can come in and cause us some trouble. So I want to break this down a little bit. I believe that the majority of women would agree that they desire a strong, loving, leading, protecting male in their life. Uh, security, provision, protection, leadership. Most women would not choose a weak, unloving, lazy man that doesn't have the strength to get up and fight. And I'm not talking about uh, physical fighting. I'm talking about spiritual fighting and fighting for the children. But at the same time, if the husband is not meeting the needs of this wife, especially with children, she will rise up, usually in fear, and move towards security and provision and protection, taking the lead in the marriage, especially when the children are involved. I passed these concepts that I just talked about over several of the ladies that I know. Uh, I think all of them were married. There might be one single lady in there. Uh, and most of them uh, have the same conviction as uh, what I'm talking about uh, here just recently. So let's do a little bit of a review here. <clears throat> Women are created equal from Ha-Adam, or Adam as we know him, before he was split in two. God has a different purpose for each uh, one of us, for Adam and Eve. For Eve, the godly purpose is to be a helper and to be an equal to the man, and a helper just like God is to Israel. Eve made the first move to be independent from God, and because of this sin, her desire would be for her husband, and she would be ruled by him. So much more to say. The next podcast will be part two, and I'll go to the New Testament. This is the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to visit me at thecleansoul.org.